Go. Hey, everybody, Mark Herman, a.k.a. L.A. Bengals fan on most of the major platforms. I am joined here, as always, by my partner in crime, Jake Circus of Jake Circus Podcast. And this is the draft preview edition of Jungle Talk. Yeah. Let's go. That's, there you go. Here we go. Draft time. My One of my favorite times of the year. I think free agency more just because the last few years we've been active. So uh, before I forget. If you don't subscribe, please subscribe. It's all we ask. Give us the thumbs up on the video. That helps us with the analytics over at YouTube. Helps us out on the suggestions. So it's all we ask. Give us the thumbs up. Subscribe. Hit the bell. Get the notifications. And Jake, tell them where they can find all your stuff before we jump into this. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Circus. Uh, towards football season, a lot of my Bengal stuff, NFL content is going to be on there. Uh, all my bets are for free. Killed it last season. Uh, so look out for that. I am Jake Circus Podcast on Spotify, taking a little bit of a break right now. Uh, might do a draft recap, who knows? Um, but yeah, Jake Circus Podcast on Spotify and YouTube as well. That'll get back fully around August when college football and NFL are fully back, and there'll be multiple episodes per week. Yeah, I I tag Jake uh, in all of my on my Twitter feed on these, so you can always find Jake. He does a great podcast on gambling. Speaking of gambling, who's the who's the favorite to win MVP right now in the gambling for for uh, the NFL for football? Yeah. Is it is it yes, Burrow? Joe Burrow, yeah. Damn. So uh, it makes it. That's some... you know, it's almost taken away the futures. I really loved it when when it was twelve to one to win the division. Or actually, I had twenty four to one the year we won. I put fifty dollars down at twenty four to one. Um, there you go. And the over the over under wins was six and a half. You know, it was a lot easier to gamble with the team. Now it's like you know. Now I got to lay some because no. Yeah. I, now it's I a, remember uh, now it's when a coin they were flip own... bet. You know, it's a coin flip bet. On whether or not we, uh, you know, whether you bet any of this stuff. So I think Jake froze on us here. So it's a coin yeah. bet, whether you bet any of these things. That was the, now it's like over 11. It's like, you know, you know. When I, we were, when we were 0 2 last year, our odds skyrocket like they they went up a lot or i guess down uh i think we opened the year 18 to 1 to win the super bowl right something like that when we were 0 and 2 i think it went up to 30 30 something to 1 that's what i got it at uh and i think that's the last time it'll be anywhere remotely close to that as long as joe burrow is the quarterback I, I think the the days of the bengals not getting uh respect from from odds makers are we are we are well oh. past those no no joe burrow changed everything we are a, a darling favorite we cover the lines a lot um like yeah, i said do. it's not that we're not a secret anymore <laughs> we're not we're not sneaking up on anybody we're not getting these uh these mixed up odds so um yeah one last thing you actually brought up a good point i think i could be wrong i know he's one of the three best but i think the Bengals are the best team against the spread since 2020 or since 2019 zach taylor's first year i could be wrong but i i know they're up there they've been up the last three years for sure um but since 2019 when zach came in his first year i think the Bengals are the number one team against the spread they were like 13 and like 14 and two last year against the spread. Right. Yeah. They didn't cover the first two weeks. And I think they covered every single game after that besides the Cleveland game. Yeah, no, it's uh, like I said, it's taken away, you know, I'll gamble on other things, but it's taken away a lot of the excitement. So in terms of throwing down that $50 to win a couple thousand, that those days are over. <laughs> They're just over. So um, let's talk about uh, briefly the Hertz contract. 
finally got done a um, little more than I would have liked to have seen him get. Um, I don't know. So I think Burrow and I think that was the first domino to fall. Um, so now we're waiting to see about Herbert and Burrow. So we talked about this on the last show at length. You could go back into the video. Heath who asked me, why isn't Burrow done yet? I said, you clearly didn't watch our last video. Um, so it's going to be some probably late June. Then we talk about Josh Allen, Mahomes, both being done in late June. That's probably when Burrow will get done. I'll throw out, I'll remind everybody, I think we are going to be the first team that ties Burrow. The way we're going to make him happy is we're going to tie him to the salary cap increases. And so he will constantly be going up. And they'll say you're an X percentage of the salary cap. It'll give the team, you know, a chance to uh, plan accordingly, knowing what Joe will be. And it will get, we won't have the, give the huge guarantee because this team does not have $250 million to stick in an escrow account. They just don't. So that it's going to, we're going to have to appease him another way. And I think that's one way to do it. He could be the first quarterback with that type of contract. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens, but that's my prediction. It's a pure guess, but I know that Katie Blackburn's creative and and we have to come up with alternatives, you know, to, to make Joe happy. Yeah, so the full details for Hertz um, weren't officially announced. We don't have it all. It, it, like the, the, the number seems really big and it is because it's a lot of guaranteed money. 180 guaranteed. Second most of all time outside of the, the horrible, horrid uh, Deshaun Watson contract yeah. that Cleveland yeah. signed. But um, this is probably what it's more so going to look like. I don't think anyone's ever going to sign a 10-year deal again like Mahomes did. It would be smart for a team to do that because the Chiefs look like geniuses after that. But I don't think it's ever really going to happen again. Um, but the Hurts contract probably will look different than the Burrow contract for a couple of reasons. Number one, they're guaranteeing him $110 million at signing. So they are going to, like you said, stick a shit ton of money in the escrow account. He's going to get a shit ton of cash up front, something the Bengals won't do with Burrow. We, it's just how it's going to go. Um, so I think that this would probably be a little bit more similar to what Herbert's going to sign. They're all going to sign similar deals, but there's, again, there's a lot of ways to to skin the cat in the NFL with, with, you know, restructures and stuff like that, setting yourself up for the future. Don't know exactly what Burroughs contract is going to look like. I doubt it's going to look kind of like. Yeah. Jake's having issues. I think that their Bengals are actually going to give him, you know, uh, maybe a hundred million up front. I think they give him a big number. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, the only part I disagree with with you is I think that they will figure out a way to maybe drop a hundred million in his lap instantly on signing. That's how they got Orlando Brown. They gave him the largest signing bonus that had ever been given to an offensive lineman. You do the same thing here. I think that they figure out a way to drop a large chunk of money, but not guarantee they don't. Like I said, the way the the the, the collective bargaining setup, they have to put every amount of guarantee sitting in an escrow. They can't do that 240, 250, but maybe they give them 80, 90, 100 million up front at signing and figure out how they're going to structure it. Katie Blackburn's good at this, so in in the in the Blackburns I trust. That's kind of my thinking of it. But it will get done. Joe's going to get paid. There's no question. Yeah, I mean so. Right. The key number is the nine the nine figures for guaranteed. That's probably like they have to do that. Like they're not going to say, "Hey, Burrow, we'll give you fifty million dollars guaranteed, however much upfront." And that's not no, no, that's not how it's going right. to work. They're, they're, they they know the situation. Um, I just think with because the cap numbers did come out, it's like really really low. 
I just don't know if, if Burrow's contract is going to look exactly like that because we haven't really seen the Bengals do that. Um, they didn't right. do it with Andy. I know the 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 the, the new trend is different, um, but. If you see the Hertz contract and say, oh, those cap numbers are really low. You look at the Mahomes contract, those cap numbers are really low. We we might be seeing some $40, 45000000 million cap numbers in the next five years with Burrow. Just right. look just keep just keep that in mind. All right. Well, something's gonna happen and we'll 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 address it. It's gonna be, you know, after June one. So um we'll go from there. Uh we did resign sample, so we kept our blocking tight end in the fold. You know, he was out there testing free agency. Obviously, we resigned. What the we resigned Pratt, we resigned Taylor, we resigned Sharping, um, you know, added Cody Ford. One of the things we did with all these signings, because you look, we added Irv Smith, we added Nick Scott, we added Sidney Jones, Cody Ford, obviously Orlando Brown. We made it so the Bengals don't have to address anything at any specific time in the draft. They don't have to do a, a certain position, which is what you want. You want to go into the draft with taking best player available. That's what you want to do. And I think the Bengals have put themselves in a really good position to do that. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? I just uh, I I they could go depending on how the board falls. They could go tight end. They could go cornerback. They could go running back. Anything with the first pick. It depends. And, and I hate doing mocks when you're drafting back. I didn't mind mocks when we were drafting in the, in the top 10 picks, because you could say, Hey, here's 10 players. We know we're going to get one of them, but when you're drafting 28, it's fluid. You have no idea. We we could trade back. If the player we don't, if we want, that's isn't, isn't there. And a team calls us and says, Hey, we'll give you our high pick on day two. And we'll add this, that, and the other, we may tra- fall back a day. We don't know. It's all going to be fluid. So what are you thinking on that? I was surprised to see because Duke Tobin did his, did a press conference today. Um, I was surprised to see that people were surprised that he basically said, "Yeah, we're going to go best player available." I feel like they've been doing that for three years. I I, I really do. Now it, it's it's going to be a little different this year because they don't have as many uh, instant needs. Now they kind of need to. Okay, well let's let's think of what our corner room is going to look like in two years in case Jadobi leaves. Let's think about what our tackle situation is going to look like if Jonah leaves, which he probably will. Um, the only immediate need, I, I think, is running back and tight end, but at that point, they're drafting the fourth or fifth pass catcher and a back that they're not going to use as much because of all the weapons they have. So they're in terms of the immediate needs, that's where the BPA is going to come from. But I think the Osai pick was BPA. I, I think Chase was was BPA when they were picking fifth. I think Dax Hill was their BPA, even though that was probably the right pick at, at, at that time because they knew Jesse was out the door. I, I feel like they've been going best player available, and I've been saying this for the last three years. Right. There's Their boards just naturally matched up with where they were selecting. I, I I truly believe that they've been going BPA for three years. I mean, the only time I can re- really remember them reaching was for Drew Sample, and that didn't really work out. No, no. And, um, and, and oh, yeah, Jackson Carmen. Jack- yeah. Carmen. But Carmen's actually, yeah. you know, he's showing signs, you know, in terms no, of – No, he was a reach. He was a reach. He was a reach. You I'm know, saying they had a plan. They were going to convert him and all this, but he's actually – you know, I'm not as down on him as Drew Sample or obviously, you know, like right. a John Ross type pick where it was like, what were you thinking? You just threw you away know, the first rounder. So, but. Um, um, well, well I, yeah. 
one more thing on the Jackson Carmen thing. It's not entirely their fault because they fell in love with Chase. They really needed an offensive tackle. And if they took Sewell, um, that problem would have been fixed. But obviously Chase is Chase was the right pick, blah, blah, blah. But right. they needed to go tackle second round. So they were they that they were naturally handcuffed there. They ended up taking the wrong one. Asante Samuel was staring them down at that pick, and they should have done that. But you know, they 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 had to reach for that. Right. Um just going through the other stuff, let's touch briefly. I don't want to spend a lot of time on Mixon and his issues. I mean, it's not a huge crime or anything, but I know that, I mean, I've, I've read multiple times Daner's reported that he's going to need to take a pay cut or they're going to release him, that type of thing. So we'll just see how that all plays out. That's uh, a summer issue. That's a summer thing. Yeah, That's yeah. So we'll thing. see how that plays out. I do think we're going to – now, let's talk a little bit about what we'll, we're, we're going to do is just talk about players we might like to see, you know, falling down the board and stuff. I mean, obviously everybody, B. John Robinson would be great. I, I just, I, I don't see him getting to us. And there's, there's backs in day two, you know, in day two in the second or third round that we can add that are capable running backs. So, you know, a kid from UCLA comes to mind that, you know, so I just don't know that, uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's fluid. If Bijan Robinson's there, they jump all over. But if Bijan Robinson's there, somebody might trade ahead of us knowing we're going to take him, you know? So, you know, it's like I said, it's a fluid thing. I, I, I've watched me. I looked at McShay's mocks and he had, he had us going cornerback, uh, O-lineman and safety with one, two, and three. If, you know, like I said, I thought is, I thought the, I thought the cornerback he has us taking in the first round was a reach, but there will be a quality corner for us there. We, we did what interview five corners or something at the combine. So so who would you like to see fall? Um, yes, I think four. Forbes, Smith. Yeah, four four corners. Um, in terms of running backs, yeah, I would kill for Bijan. I mean, I don't think that they would do that. Uh, I think that would transform their offense. But if they don't, they don't. He's probably not even going to be there anyway, so it's not even a conversation we need to have. Um, Jamar Gibbs. Has been getting a lot of steam on Bengals Twitter. Understandably, he's basically mini Jamar Jamal Charles. Right, but Charles was a third round pick. I would not take Jamar uh, Jamar Gibbs in the first. I, I'm very against running backs in the first, but Bijan Robinson's very different. Jamar Gibbs is right, not really. He's just really good, um, and would fill a need, but not a first round pick. I would much rather go the route of a Tajay Spears from Tulane, a Zach Charbonnet from UCLA in right. uh, the Israel. I don't know how to pronounce your name, but you won me a lot of money on Pittsburgh this year. Right. Um, probably a fourth round pick. Zach Evans from Ole Miss, uh, another one. So I would rather them go that route, which is probably what I see them doing. I've been saying this every single episode. They are going to draft the running back and they are give him, they're going to give him first team reps and first team reps in camp. It's what they did when Mixon was drafted and we saw Geo. Jeremy Hill, that era kind of ending. Mixon was brought in as a second round pick. Instantly pretty much won the job, but by the midway midway part of his rookie year, it's it's just it's evolution. That's how yeah. that's how oh, it works. Absolutely. And that's what they'll do. Yeah. If, and like I said, I don't have any problem with uh the kid from UCLA in the second, you know, or, or if we could get him in the third. There's gonna be a quality back there. I agree with you on the first rounder. if we cannot get now, what do you think about the tight end in the first round? If one of the two, the Utah kid or the, or the I I love it. Um, if yeah, you're Am I okay. 
Okay, sorry, my 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 Wi-Fi is going shit right now. Oh, okay, uh, but yeah, tight end. Can you hear me? Yes, 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 I can hear you. Okay, cool. Um, my, I don't know what's going on with this Wi-Fi right now. Uh, tight end, absolutely. Michael Mayer, I, I I would I would kill for. I don't I don't like Darnell Washington as much as a lot of other people. That might be a reach in the first round. Uh, Kincaid. I think I'm going to stay away from Kincaid. He's he's really old. He's 24. He'll be almost he'll be 24 by week one. Uh, it's not a first round pick for me. He's going to be 29 by the time he's going to need his fifth year option. That's just it's really old for a tight end. Right. Uh, Michael Mayer's not he's not even 22 yet. So that's I I, I am very pro tight end. I, I think that's a position in this offense that is very is going to be useful. Irv Smith. We had, I don't really think he's ever really played a full season, so they they definitely need to need to go that route. But if Mayer's either not there or they fall in love with somebody else, um, Zach Coons tested off the charts. Sam Laporta tested off the charts. Uh, Tucker Craft, another guy, probably third rounder, uh, he tested off the charts. Luke Musgrave, Oregon right, State, Oregon State kid, yeah. Um, all those guys, great. I would stay away from Kincaid. He had some injury problems at Utah, already old, probably a reach in the first round, won't be there by the end of the second. So hopefully they don't get him. That would just be either a reach or something weird happened. Right. But I am very, very pro tight end. I, I think that needs to be addressed in the first two rounds if they have a guy they like, which I think they do because the top five on the board, they all interviewed at the combine. Right. So <laughs> they're, they're, they're looking at tight end. Yeah, and this is a real this is a rich draft for tight end. When you think about it, yes, having, you have to get one. You having, have to get one. Having five or six quality guys that'll be drafted day one or day two. We don't say that all the time about tight end. So, and I, I don't necessarily. I st- I personally would rather see unless somebody special falls to us at one, and we don't have an opportunity to trade back because our person you know isn't there. Uh, I I really would like to see us go corner. I just think that yeah. That that's a you know, we we we've listened. You go through our corner picks and um you know throughout the years, and we've really hit on most of them. You know, so I, I don't uh, I I like going corner in the first round. And got, like I said, we spent our time doing our due diligence. So uh, I, I think we do. I think we go corner and then tight end, running back, or running back tight end. That's how I see the draft kind of going. Unless there's an offensive lineman we want to grab you know, day two or three, you know, second or third round. So the the modern day way of thinking when you're picking at the back end of the first round is to pick a position with very high positional value, wide receiver, offensive tackle, corner, edge rusher, quarterback, not really quarterback, but yeah, because you can, it's basically a second round pick, but if it's that first round tag, you get him for yeah, a fifth year. year cheap. Yeah. So that's the one problem with taking a running back or a tight end is those are not premium positions. So you're really like the fifth year option is kind of an overpay unless they're really, really good. I don't know if that's going to sway them away from going running back or, or, or tight end, but it does increase the sexiness of an Emmanuel Forbes or a Cam Smith or a Keele Ringo. All three that they have interviewed, Emmanuel Forbes was one of their top 30 visits, their only top 30 visit for a corner. He, I, I, I think he fits like a glove. The one problem, he's a little light, but he's got some time to put on some weight. Cam Taylor Britt's also pretty light, but I think he's going to come into camp about five, 10 pounds heavier. So that's not a huge issue. He is 170 at the combine. It's very, it's not, it's, it's pretty light, pretty dense, but 
Uh, Emmanuel Forbes is, is is the guy that I think uh, they really, really like. So okay. if that's the pick at, at 28 or trade back, if he's still there, um, that's probably what I would do. Honestly, that's probably my number one is Emmanuel Forbes. Okay. What do you think about like day two, getting a guy like Turner from Michigan? Um, I haven't seen much of, of DJ Turner. Uh, he's again, a smaller guy, 5'11", 178. His measurables, four of the five height, weight, arms, wing, a uh, wingspan all came in undersized. I just don't know if he's a Bengals guy. They, they, they he's already, again, 20, 22 will be 23 by week one. Not really a guy that they, that history says the Bengals like, um, did test pretty well, but all these corners tested well. I mean, top of the board, it's all 95-plus uh, RAS. Right. Uh, he's just a little bit small. Going to come. Um, a ball hawker, though. He seems to have yeah. ball hawking. Could test balls a lot. I mean, he's athletic. Dips him to himself. I mean, like I said, but he's one of those, and I know he's not a first-rounder or second-rounder, but he's one of those, if we don't get the corner we want in the first or second and we wind up going other positions, you've got Turner sitting there, day, you know, third round, maybe they pull the trigger on somebody like that. Like I said, yeah. it's, a, it's a ball hawk kind of, when you watch his film, that's what I see is somebody who just has a nose for the football, which is something you can't coach. That, that's something you either have or you don't have. I think if they were to go corner second round, it would be um, probably Clark Phillips. That's probably where I would lean. Um, that's just that's kind of where I would go, Clark Phillips. I, I think he's much he's a he's a much better fit. Right. Well, we'll see. Like I said, the thing about the draft is it's so fluid. You have a team reaching up. We could get the call from somebody who wants to jump to twenty eight because they're going to go grab that quarterback in the first round to get that fifth year option, and we fall back to the right. next day. Exactly. Would be if the person that they want isn't there. I have no problem with them doing that. So you got teams if, like if, Miami with no first round pick. So, you know, although they don't have a whole lot of draft capital, but uh, but there is going to be a team that's that look when they're looking at quarter, uh, you know, quarterback that are going to come back in and do that. So it'll be like I said, it's a fluid situation. This is why I hate I hate mocks, because you just got to kind of sit back and let the draft kind of flow over you and see how it goes. And and like right. I said, there's going to be surprise. Um, this staff has been a better staff at holding their cards a little closer to the vest. I mean, we've talked about, you know, how we were jumped for rag now, how we were jumped for Cedric Ellis, because we kind of Marvin would just lay it out there. Everybody knew what we were doing. We weren't going to trade because that, that we never traded and and we were going to sit there and wait. And so they knew who they had to get in front front of um this uh this staff uh this coaching staff seems to be a lot better at uh not divulging anything i wouldn't be surprised if we draft somebody that we never met with that we did it oh with. that's i mean look you only get 30 visits you only get right. 30 of them um it's kind of out of left field to draft someone high up that you didn't even meet at the combine with so that would surprise me a little bit but they spent uh some 30s on a couple of tight ends uh, a couple of edge rushers, I think. Yes, two edge rushers. Miles Murphy, sleeper. Um, that's a Bengals player, right? I mean, I don't know if they're really gonna gonna go high uh, high up for for edge defenders because they've really retooled that position. They hit on Cam Sample. I think they hit on Zach Carter, and then they have the the you know the the two big guys. Yeah. Um, well, they got Hubbard. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so like the the edge rushing position as of now, if the Bengals is stronger than it's ever been in the Zach Taylor era, which is really good because they have not had very good, a, a very good pass rush 
in the Burrow era, but I think they will. Uh, they did last year, and they will will up this upcoming year. But again, second round, Miles Murphy. We know Zach Taylor and Duke Tobin love to draft big time, big big game players, and Miles Murphy has played in big games. Uh, we know that from Clemson, and it just seems like a Bengals player, Miles Murphy or uh, Brian Breesy. Right. Okay. So um, I do think because we haven't signed a backup quarterback yet, I do think there's a chance we take a late Ryan flyer on, on a project. What do you think? For what position? Sorry. A quarterback. I think our backup one that's a problem. Um, you know, I'm not I, talking about you not, any I mean, of the first five picks. I'm talking about, you know, sleeper, you know, kind of the way we grabbed AJ McCarron late in the draft when Aaron Murray went and, you know, it was kind yeah, of, yeah, no, you're right. Um, I think they did. Sixth, sixth round, I, I think we draft a project. Somebody who's, I mean, look, developmental. They, they spent two 30 visits on Dorian Thompson Robinson and Aiden O'Connell. I think they're two of those two guys are way different quarterbacks. I would be, I'd be shocked if they took DTR. I don't think he's accurate enough, but Aiden O'Connell is. That would be a perfect backup quarterback, a guy that, that they can mold into a, a suitable backup for years to come. And they they wait they not wasted, but they used a top thirty visit on a quarterback that's going to go on day three. Us two of them actually, DTR and O'Connell. Right. So, that, so that was surprising to see. Um, but no, you're right. They, it's a position that they definitely need, and you cannot overlook backup quarterback. I, I look if Burrow goes down, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. But if he misses three three games and you're in a playoff push, you gotta you gotta have a guy that can that can throw the ball. The the whole reason why Miami made the postseason was Teddy Bridgewater. He was able to come in and win games, and it was the same thing with the Saints. He was able to come in and win games. Yeah. And Breeze went down. This, Having a quarterback that actually is a backup that can actually make you believe he can win a game. Uh, didn't they meet with Cooper Rush on uh, from Dallas? I thought they had a visit with him. Uh, I don't know, but this has driven me a lot of anxiety talking about Burrow missing games in April. Yeah, well, no, you just have to have you have to have somebody, like I said, who can come in and win a game or two. So you're not sure. rushing your guy back. And you and you make the playoff push, and maybe you know, God forbid, maybe you you wild card instead of division champ, you get into the dance and you make hay. So yeah, it's about you cannot you cannot have your quarterback go down and you go zero and four in that stretch. You just can't, and then expect yep. to make the postseason. It doesn't work that way. And and I never felt like we had somebody who could win games with Brandon Allen. I never felt that way. So um, I think. Offensive tackle is another interesting one. Everybody is screaming about Darnell Wright. Probably not going to happen. Uh, a lot of people are screaming about, well, a lot of the Ohio State guy homers are talking about Dewan Jones, uh, who actually might be there in the second round. We don't really know. Right. Like, I, I don't think anyone has been talking about. Yeah, uh, at 31, so he's right on the cusp of late yeah. one, early two. Right? A later guy who is really young or young-ish, um, tested pretty decently is uh, Jalen Duncan out of Maryland, an offensive tackle. I don't know if he played left or right tackle, but measurables are really, really good. Uh, his athletic score combine numbers were off the charts. That's and they 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 took a thirty a top thirty visit with him. So the, in, in terms of the offensive linemen, mostly the consensus around the league is that this is the worst offensive lineman class since twenty seventeen, where there were only where the, there was only one Pro Bowler. That was, oh God. Um, oh, Ryan Remchek. That was the only Pro Bowler in 2017. 
uh, out of all the offensive linemen that were taken. Not a great draft class. We've had a lot of good ones since. This year's not great. So good thing the Bengals draft Orlando Brown because if they yeah, desperately oh. needed a plug-and-play tackle, this would be a horrible year. They would have had to reach. It would have been bad. One guy gets injured, offensive line's fucked. Mm. So great job for them fixing, getting a guy that they can, that they have their both bookend tackles set, figured out with a good backup still on the roster in Landon Collins. Uh, so that's good. Lael Collins. Lael Collins, right. There you go. Um, but yeah, I, I'd i be surprised if they took an offensive lineman in the first two oh, rounds. I don't think they probably, take him in the first. I was looking kind of at first two days. Bergeron from Syracuse. I think um, he's versatile. And I think he's one of those day two, uh, second or th- I want to say day two. Yeah, he's a he's a day second two or guy. Third round, second or third rounder, he could be there. That's a that's kind of the viable offensive lineman I see I see us getting. Yeah, uh, I saw someone mock uh, Warren McClendon to us early. Really, really young captain from Georgia. I think he played right tackle for them. Uh, big dude, six four, three oh six. That plays. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's yeah. a he's he's a later guy. His consensus board, uh, one seventy eight. So that's day three. But that's probably where I see them going. Is a guy who can come in and compete at camp, um, kind of like what they did with with Adenogy, who I don't, I don't want to say didn't work out. He was a sixth round pick and started in a Super Bowl for us. You know what? Um, and he and he showed signs last year. He played well down the stretch when we needed him to. So I I consider him a success. When you look at where we got him, I don't yeah. I don't see that as a, a, a you know, I'll take that kind of stuff all day long. So, all right, well, let's let's uh, like I said, this is the season of misinformation. We may not have met with the guy that's the highest guy on our board because we don't want to tip our hand. I mean, this is where we're at. We'll talk up people we're not interested in hoping that somebody else thinks we're going to get him. Everything you're reading, it's all very deliberate, okay? That's the season of information we're in. At 28, we're going to see how everything plays out. Um, Jake will be available. We'll do, uh, there's a possibility, we'll do a show next week. If there's day one, day two, we could just, you know, send out a quick uh, text with one another and throw a show together. That's why you got to subscribe. You got to hit the bell. We were the one of the first shows out when we signed Orlando Brown. I mean, that's how we had, uh, you know, over 2,000 views because we had 1,000 in the first day. ESPN hadn't even reported it, and we already had to show up. So we will jump out and we will throw something in draft day. Could be day one, could be day two. We'll definitely be doing a recap following the draft. Um, So please, uh, like I said, subscribe, hit the bell. Uh, It's going to be fluid. I said this before. I'm going to say it again. We already won the offseason. We got Orlando Brown. We didn't lose any of our coaches. That is, and the signings that we've had have been very strategic, very smart money. So I feel like we've already won the offseason. Let's finish by winning the draft. Um, Jake, remind them where they can find all your stuff. Yeah, hit me up on Twitter uh, at Jake Circus, S I R K U S. Also, the Jake Circus podcast on Spotify. And yeah, let's, uh, I I agree. If, If they go BPA, I have all the faith faith that they'll they'll make the right moves because they've been doing it for two years now and yeah, there agree. aren't there aren't a ton of really spots on the roster that they really have to worry about um but i'm very anxious interested to see who they take at 28 because we don't really know who's going to be there and look there's only so much smoke that you can throw out when you're picking at the back of each round right but they're gonna try and don't rule out the trade back 
Because we're in no, that no, do not we're, we're in that position. The last four, where somebody's going to say, "Hey, before someone calls this team, let's call the Bengals and get in there and get this guy." So it's a possibility. So, um, all right, with that, I'm going to say, "Who day, everybody? Take care. We'll catch you next week. Enjoy the draft."